rock and roll. I have been and will continue to be your host, Perkins Warbeck, <clears throat> the rightful heir to the Plantagenet throne, and your impresario for the greatest sounds from the world of progressive rock and roll. We are broadcasting from the sprawling state-of-the-art studios of MutinyRadio.fm here in the heart of the Mission District of San Francisco, California. We'll be back next week. Family served by uh, there's a, a black butler and a black maid or whatever they're serving him breakfast and he said oh why didn't you wake me up and the 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 guy says I did I tried to wake you up until I was black in, in my face and uh, Harry Langdon goes black in the face huh huh you hear that Mary funny joke black in the face so he was black in the face that was the joke but he's like a department store owner who gets. Uh, he's setting up a female mannequin in the bed and the whole town mis misconstrues it. So, but he's like, you know, like he's kind of a hammy guy later. He's like kind of not as dry as this. You know, he, he's wet. He's wet humor. Yeah. So he's just fucking around with the police, right? But he's... You know, he, yeah, that must have hurt. That must have been not a prop, right? Like if for him to trip. No, it's probably pretty light. But he trips. It doesn't fly with him when he when he walks away. It might be a prop when he drops it on the guy's foot. <clears throat> it's got some weight to it, but I mean, it's a movie. Right, I know. But sometimes the, the stunt of it, it is a movie, and this movie is still going on. We won't see the race for a while. So they're just walking. Yeah, well, they got to break the quarry down. So he he doesn't want to do the heavy pickaxe thing, right? Look, he's getting down to dirty. He's got a little hammer. He's sitting on a pebble. <clears throat> this rock's not gonna break, so you know what? I'll just get a smaller rock. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, he looks at the hammer. <clears throat> but do you think that's a that must be a prop hammer that hit him on the head? Yeah, I mean. The things we saw about Buster Keaton were doing, and we we're like, this is real, this is real, it was all like his physical jumping and leaping and throwing wood and, do you know, dodging wood. And this is different. I mean, he's getting hit on the head by a piece of metal. It's got to be. It's a, movie. Yeah. it's a movie. But, you know, this guy's like, yeah, that was pretty funny. You got fucked up. <laughs> You're right, pal. It's all right. <laughs> Yeah, all right, pal. Yeah, right, pal. Ah, oh, doesn't life suck having a second time? All right, it's yeah, walk it off. Drugged. Yeah, well, he still it must be from the sleeping pills from the first reel. Really? For real. 
Yeah, he's like, this is the second time it's happened. Life is the general funny. was eight reels. That's wow. footage. He had to edit. He had rough footage of 200,000 miles. In this movie, he covers his hand. Like, isn't it funny? I got hit in the head the second time. So he uses his hand to cover. In the Bob Hope movie, he's like in the in the uh, department store where he's playing like Jack Benny. There's a scene where he's looking at models wearing clothing. And right. he looks at him and he covers his hand. He goes, I don't like it. <laughs> I've seen him do his hands thing three different times. Right? He got back at him. Right, and then what does he say? Hey, pal, that's just the way life goes. Am I right? I'm fine. Hey. It's just in there. Ha, ha, ha. Life sucks, huh? I thought that was pretty funny. Like, this is the only time he stands up for himself, too. <laughs> he hit him on the head with the fucking rock. <laughs> he hit him right out. Yeah, yeah this guy's like, yeah. I'm going to take my ball and chain and go. So this is a crazy scene, right? This guy, like Tex Avery, he sees the, the policeman like having playing cards and he knows where the lockbox is, where they keep all the guns and the key. So while those guys are having, playing cards or having a smoke or whatever yeah. they do in 1926, he's going to unlock these 19th century ball and chains these guys have in 1920. Right. Do they really have that in 1936, 1926? I'm sure because like 1880s was just a little while ago. I, I'm right. not sure the answer, but uh, it doesn't come from. I can't see any Civil War prisoners with those on their shield. Right. I can't I see mean, old timey photos of. I always thought you had to do commit a crime for a chain gang, you know, not for stealing like a loaf of bread, like Les Miserables style. <laughs> well, that was France in a different time. and Was it though, Carl? No, it was. <laughs> All right, so he's got a gun. So what does our friend do? <laughs> he's such a dumb <laughs> man. Thank you for this better hammer. Yeah, thank you. Well, I, could, I could definitely break small rocks here. Now, I don't know if this is like real ammo in this movie or what. You know, these when they do special effects and stuff, There's, I don't know if like no, they used blanks. Uh, we talked about in the general one of the injuries was uh, an AD got shot in the face um, by a blank. Yeah, now it's just so they're gonna line up, but you know what? They all unlock their uh ball and chain, they all have guns in their pocket, right? But like <laughs> no, our dummy still has the ball and chain, he already shot his gun. Riot. We're going to have a little police riot. This movie has everything, Carl. Police riot, uh, prison riot. This is me. Like, should I leave? So is he going to... Yeah, like, he's he's so indecisive. Like, he starts to run. He turns around. He, it looks yeah. like he's going to maybe help him. He's are gonna you report okay? it. So how is he... he now, these guys are shooting, really shooting. Now, are they, he's going to have to hop on there with the ball and chain. Oh, okay. So he, so he made his decision. All right. Yeah. But you know, you know, he I know it's crazy. He's fucked. Hey, this is the next best thing. Train humor it was really big in 1926. <laughs> <laughs> That's like one of those rock guitarists who are like, yeah, like playing the middle of a solo. Yeah. yeah, he's making that guitar face too, scrunching it up. Oh, so he ran to the yeah. 
40 minutes, 40 miles later. It finally stopped. <laughs> I just love this. Like, this happened to be water right there. Uh, so, he, I mean, this rivals Chaplin. Fuck him. Fuck Chaplin. <laughs> Damn right. Yeah, so his shoes don't take. So, so my he whole has no bottoms. Right, that's right. So my whole theory of uh, who is his dad's shoes he's wearing to walk cross country, or if it's Burden's shoes, it doesn't matter because he wears them out by by being stuck on a train. Right. Now his chain is cut, but he won't know it. Right. And right. No. The ball. <laughs> And then there'll be a scene in which he's really distanced himself from it. And he'll go, oh, darn, and run back and get well, Wait, he's about to go, but he's like, oh, I forgot. I got to carry this ball with me. And it's just so happy that no one else survived the desert. Oh, no, they're not in the desert yet, I don't think. <clears throat> get out of here, you. This is like a really macabre competition, too, because the other competitors are lost. They didn't make it to the desert or what have you. And they're just like, oh, well, that's just the fatal aspect of our competition. You know, people may die, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is another crazy sign. Why would this guy do this? <laughs> or at least I, hopefully it was one take. Where'd you go? Walking with his floppy ass feet. But meanwhile, his dad is hooked on the movies. Isn't that crazy? Like, he gets to see the newsreel. The, the Silver City Utah. Movie Tone. Movie Tone News. Dateline. Utah. Another checkpoint. See, there's the piano player. Shut up. Stop making cute that. noises. Yeah, yeah, back then they didn't have the technology to mute that guy. You know, one version uh, I was listening to, like uh, on YouTube, the piano. They mentioned France, and they started playing like, all right, they made it. Like everyone else is dead. Oh no, they got to cross the desert. This is it. Well, yeah, it's, that makes so much sense. Look, his father doesn't even stay for Betty Boop. <laughs> What about the Merry Melody, sir? He hasn't gotten a Woody in years. <laughs> Why are you laid around for Betty Boop? Sand City. Oh, yeah, this is crazy. Sand City. So, you know, we think there's a race. I saw that had... movie. There were different segments. There was uh, some of it was cartoon. Sand City, right? Sand City, yeah. I was going to make a joke about that. I said, that's too obscure. Or it's too too much of a stress. Not that it's obscure. It's good we refer to that movie to something. Look, there's another shoe store there. Probably That's nice. shoes. Yeah. Okay. That's right. So he meets him outside his, his shoe stores across America. She's excited to see her boy. Like, why did his, are they supposed to show up exactly in one time? Oh, yeah, here he is. He did it. He made it through the desert. Everyone else is dead. Oh, so we won't see the desert? I don't, you know, this was all must have been shot in California, especially if he's made like two other movies in that time span. Here's my favorite line. This movie. Ah, the wolves. 
Yeah, but they don't call the police or anything, and they didn't have anyone monitoring them. So it's like, no, she, she already got the letter. I love you, love you, whatever. So she was feeling bad. So everyone realized he that that pays for that crime. But it's just like they don't get sued for like having a competition where people die. This is why those laws got invented. Yeah, that's right. Like this, that's so right. It's illegal, my friend. You cannot put it in your soda. Now, this movie studio lot must have a, a giant wind machine. Uh-huh. All right, so, yeah. I did it. Don't worry about it. But are there in Florida filming, right? One of your big pet peeves. No, no, this is even worse. It's a guy cone. Or cyclone, sorry, the text. Look at that. Man, that's special effects. It's not a typhoon. It's, it's a... Uh, because my um, stepbrother, Ken, he's got a lot of money. He's a typhoon. Monopoly typhoon? <laughs> yes. I look, people are running. Look, look at, at the shoe store. Yeah, this is crazy. They must have, like, how did they do this? They must have, like, six fans or something. Just blasting through a lot. I'm here. Duh. Where is everybody? Duh. At last, the breeze. Yeah, I know. It doesn't make sense. Oh, he was in the desert. That's why. Yeah, I get it. Christ-like. Angelic, perhaps. And he looks good with the beard. I'm going to find more movies by him, Carl. I hate to tell you. Okay, he's great. He's hilarious. Yeah, but I want his talkies. I want him with the really bad comedies that he did. Okay. But yeah, no, he, we, we should do another one of his silent. Whatever you want. Uh, yeah. So. I haven't picked a movie yet. Can't seem to walk across the. What What's no. decisive? Okay. Can't make it past the wind. Okay, I get it now. He's trying to cross. But the wind machine's in the alleyway. And right. But again, they must have created some new laws about people walking to all these stunts. <laughs> Did he do it? No. No. Go back to the corner. Look at He's his like a kid. outfit, man. I know. Pattered from the desert. Oh, yeah, that'll that'll do it. They'll launch you, you dummy. We <laughs> got an umbrella. <laughs> Uh, let's see. All right. <laughs> this is how it's. So he's a vaudevillian, right? And uh, now he walks onto a barber set. Except he's such a minimal comic. He's the only guy here. And there's no barber in the whole vaudevillian barber routine. But the the cyclone will change. The cyclone will change things? Yeah, like he'll, he'll play off the cyclone. So instead of having like a barber on stage with him in this movie, it's this movie set in the wind. He's going to be naked now. Yeah. So Cyclone was a great producer. Of course, he was one of the famous Jews, uh, Cyclone. Cyclone. He had his own production company. Sayonara Productions. He thinks he heard someone outside. Yeah. 
whoa, this is camera effects. No, it's it's, I think it has to be a studio. So they're rocking it back and forth like it's a machine designed to do. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff like that in this movie. Yeah, look how it's made to, it might even, I'm not kidding, be cardboard. Maybe. I don't know what they had back then. They didn't have corrugated. But they had movie lots, you know, where they, yeah. they had sound stages. So they, they must be filming it while outside. They have hydraulics going. You know, it's a different variety of, uh, like, a buck. <laughs> How crazy is that? Him hanging off the uh, building. You're going to shut the door? Yeah, they really have the fan. There's no acting needing, needed in this role. I, you know, they're not like, hey, Cargus, can you pretend you pretend to push the door? No, he goes, hello, friend. Yeah, but look at this. He doesn't recognize him. There's some guy in a dress. Right. Oh. Where? Floppy shoes. Yeah. The, 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 the town shot of the cyclone, what do you think that is? It's not stock footage. They did it. They could have hand drawn it. There wasn't much information on it, you know, like about the production. I would have to find like an actual book. Carl, I have to tell you, like all my film reference books, like my video hound and my modern Moulton, which would list list this, I, w I didn't bring when I moved. So uh -huh. I, I didn't have any physical references. I just have my like cult movie books. So right. even then I couldn't, couldn't really find I, it. So. I was really looking for your best guess, you know, how they yeah. do effects i think you've nailed it about i don't know it's hydraulics it's probably you're just pushing it you know it's like a fun house like they must be on a stage yeah yeah you see, we just got blown in there it's like you're mad at the fans you think that's unfair to them it's you think that hurt being like pushed on your butt like dragged yeah. on your butt like that yes yes but i think he's uh you know 33 i think he can handle it yeah he can handle it and i think in 1926 increase increases like operators and Wow. I know. It's no no expense spared. Like Indiana Jones surviving. Yeah, yeah nuked the fridge, but this time he, uh, he telephoned the, he, he win the, boom, the win the booth. He hung up the phone. <laughs> well, that's it. It's done. He survived it. No, there's still more. Wow. It's like a, sometimes it looks like a train set. And they unfocus the film a little bit. And with all the wind, you believe it. I'm suspending disbelief. You think maybe the U.S. government blew, like, dropped another bomb and gave him the footage? Yeah. That's a lot of effects for a movie. Yeah. The walking movie. If he was just walking, I would have been satisfied. This they spent cool. their money on this. This is Forrest Gump. Somebody better come and get their building. <laughs> We're almost wrapping up. Believe it or not, he's gonna he's gonna <clears throat> save the day by saving this building. This, this is this is like my favorite scene. <laughs> and then boom, like two shots. This like he doesn't. You don't even see him go up the stairs. I got you know. I'll come right up. Next scene, I'm up. Next scene, we're out. Is it her? Yeah. What luck I saved her. Yeah, it brought her into the cyclone. Go down the basement, bitch. 
Uh, by bitch, I meant the male. I, by bitch, I meant, you know, Jim Crawford. <laughs> the bitch is back. It's, uh, he, they have priorities, you know? Yes. They, yeah. Oh, no. Look at my model train set. It's the fall of the house of Usher. He did working on that model set, Usher. Carl, I'm sorry, Dad. Carl, we were making a film, Dad. We were making a film when there was a cyclone. Carl, you ruined my Lionel train set. My father gave this to me. Oh, can I have it? Because I'm going to ruin it. No, you can't have it. That you, have was the... you first have to show respect to the Lionel train Whoa, set. What is that? That was stop motion or some shit. Yeah. He chases the cyclone out. How did he do it? By throwing shoes at it? Bricks. Threw bricks at it, and it took to the air. Uh-huh. Yeah, he didn't save shit. Look at that place. Okay, he made it go away. He didn't save shit. No, did you read the placard? Yes. <laughs> the John Luke placard? <laughs> Just because I read it doesn't make it so. He didn't say shit. I still love his shoes. This is just like uh So now so we're here we are. at the end. How many no. years have passed? Well, no, it's you know a couple of well, I, not more than three months, I hope. And his dad's gonna find out on the news. So again, this is after the fact when the newsreel is aired and shot, but well, we don't I know his audience. Like two miles per hour, and I think it's over three thousand miles, right? This is also a walking race. Eating the run at the end. So he yeah. wins. So at one point, does the audience know that we have to watch it in the movie? We have to watch it in the movie theater in the movie theater. So they did get married, right? And the only it's not a creepy story; it's a romantic story. You know, the only well, she's an heiress too. The only trivia I saw in IMDb was that uh, for this shot, they 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 had a baby and it didn't work out, so he did this. And that's it, funny, I guess. It, it's funny for like what two seconds it goes da 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 the end do 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 MGM you know Paramount Pictures the end. That's it's not just good. No, now he has a teddy bear. We'll stick with that. His stick is that he's like a little kid, like an innocent kid, not an angry kid or not a you know man. He's literally a man child or child man, right? Right. But he does one crazy stunt before the movie ends. He's going to flip 360 this crib, and I don't know how he falls out or what. What, the crib? Okay. Yeah, so he has a crib, right? It's going to flip, like, over. It's going to do a 360. So like one of the, the force will keep him in place? I don't know how they do it. Like, this is baffling. He broke his milk and glass bottles. I know. <laughs> He's going to poke the milk. See this bit never ends. It doesn't end. They should have the the uh, da, 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 da. first national picture. All right, Whoa. Then we, oh, was no. cut away and cut back. They matched action very well. But all right, they, yeah. I didn't, the first two times I saw it, I thought he he actually did the flip. Now finally, we, da 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 da. Carl, what you think of this movie? I uh, enjoyed it very much. I like his comedic acting and timing and all that jazz. Yeah. Uh, it was really good. 
Oh, I'm glad. Yeah, me too. It was cool. Like again, like his later films, which I recommend. He's a completely different comedy style. It's more of like kind of overplaying it every time. But uh, I, it's the first I ever heard of him. This was good. I, I'm gonna have to check out the other two that Capra directed, and then I want to check out the films he directed. The ones that are supposed to be so bad it ruined his career. Right. You know, that's an invitation to me. And he didn't ruin his career. He just did a lot of lousy, funny movies afterwards. Carl, no. uh, yeah. Next one. Yeah, so these are movies that are in the public domain, and we have a short. Or what's the name of the short? I'm going to type it in now. It's called Fool's Luck, 1926. Fool's Luck, 1926. The channel we like is Victor 1960 FUL. Victor 1960 FUL. Fool's Luck, ladies and gentlemen, 1926. And this is another comedic icon, <clears throat> Fatty Arbuckle, right? Yeah, this is Fatty Arbuckle. All right, we're ready for the second feature. Very excited. Oh, I really enjoyed that celebrity comedian. Here he or she is here again for celebrity comedian countdown. Take it away, Carl. All right, so let's get this started. I am I am ready. It was a live show. We're very excited to have Paul here as our countdown gentleman. Let's get ready to Brumba. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's get ready to Rumba. Okay, so let's get ready to Brumba. And now what you've all been waiting for, master of the descending numerals. The Countdown King himself. Would you please welcome Mr. Paul Brumbaugh. All right, guys, you know the drill. Put that finger right over that triangle and do it in three, two, one, go. <laughs> what a great callback. <laughs> what a great callback. Right, here, here we, we go. are, Fool's Luck, a Fatty Arbuckle film, but it presents... Educational. That's the name of the company, but it was Lupino Lane, not Fatty Arbuckle, who's the star. Look, the dude. In 1926, Weird. they say the dude. The dude, yeah. So Lupino's a dude. The dude. Yep. So when does Fatty Arbuckle show up? He doesn't. He can't. He's been publicly disgraced. Do you want to go ahead and tell me why he was By the way, her name was Rappé. It's pronounced Rappé. Rappé. Yeah, okay. Well, this save some time. is directed by William Goodrich, not Roscoe Fatty Arbuckle. It was written by William Goodrich, not Fatty Arbuckle. And it was starring Lupino Lane, not Fatty Arbuckle. Wait a minute, he just used a pseudonym and showed up in a movie? He didn't show up, no. You see, okay, there's a whole story, and it's really impressive, and I hope we get to it. But what happened, which was tragic, was um, at age 32 – no, sorry. At age 34, on Labor Day, you see, he had this movie called Crazy to Marry, like as in to get married with him. Yeah. Crazy to Marry, and they, they were – it was a big blockbuster, and they were having a party. Um, now, look, he wasn't a party guy like a Jim John Belushi or something. You know, they threw him a party. Congratulations. Uh, and there was lots of drinking. Um, it was in San Francisco at the St. Francis Hotel. Sure, they got a three-day weekend. By the end of the week, he was arrested. Um, he was in San Francisco Hall of Justice on felony roll. Hell Row held without bail in the slaying of 25-year-old actress 
named Virginia Rapp. Rappé. 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 Rappé had accused Arbuckle of raping her prior to passing away, but Rappé had a history of accusing men of rape. Um, Roscoe uh, with his friends, Lowell Sherman, Fred Fishback drove to San Francisco. They checked into the St. Francis Hotel through a party, which was crashed by the starlet named Virginia Rape, who was, fell seriously ill Rappay. and died three days later of a ruptured bladder. I'm not yeah. sure they said you murdered her. Well, no. So the thing was, like, I, I had read a novel, a novel, a nonfiction book about this, too, because he, they drove up from Los Angeles in, like, a customized car with a bar. Yep. You know, and it was just, like, big party time. But they don't know exactly what happened. I mean, they do know there was something shoved up her. Shoved you know, up her? Gross. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, the story is, is that it was, like, an ice tongue. The ruptured bladder. Oh my God, that's awful. Yeah, no, this is, yeah, she died from it. Oh my God. I think she died. Now, this guy was like a genteel person. He wasn't like, well, I don't know him, right? All right. was what I read. The newspapers led by William, Rand William Randolph Hearst used this incident to generate Hollywood's first major scandal. Crazy to Mary was quickly pulled from the theaters, the nation outraged to discover the off-screen lies of Hollywood stars, blah, 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 blah. a mysterious woman named Maud Delmont, witness for the prosecution, never called to testify because police and prosecutors knew her story would not hold up on the stand, according to this author, yet what she had to say would be more than enough to ruin Arbuckle's career, uh, tried not once but three times on criminal charges, Two hung juries, and the third one did not guilty, and they wrote him a personal letter of sympathy and apology. Kept it as a treasured memento from all his life. Now, this guy discovered Buster Keaton. This guy was the guy who brought Buster Keaton to the screen. Yeah. Fatty Arbuckle. Yeah, you know, Fatty Arbuckle, there was a movie that I can't find on YouTube because it was called Hollywood. He made a cameo after <clears throat> after this controversy, like he's it's an unbuild, like he plays himself. He shows up, and, and uh -huh. uh, but I can't find it anywhere because you type in Hollywood nineteen, you know, whatever, and you're not yeah. going to get a movie title. You're going to get like a weird Dateline. Well, I guess the thing to do is go to Google and then do that images or videos. You might get luckier. If right, that's a good idea. Picture. Okay, so he got a telegram saying from his parents, uh, we're cutting you off. And, he, you know, he had just got off the phone with his girlfriend, who, with the rich dad, come over to my house, you know, fiancé tonight. He wants to impress the father for dinner, you see. And right. now he's got no money. And the guy just came up and said, look, you are three months behind on your rent. You got to get out. Three months of rent. Yeah. Not again. So they're taking all the furniture. You're moving now. They're putting it out. Onto and the street. So this was written and directed by Fatty Arbuckle using a pseudonym. Yes, exactly. Uh, directed? Hmm, I think no, probably, but written. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Okay, let me tell you about him, right? Uh, eight, 16 pounds at birth. What? He was the baby of nine children. 
they moved to California when he was one. At age eight, he was on stage, acrobat, singer, clown. At 17, he got his like first pro gig singing illustrated songs for, you know, San Jose, California, 1750 a week. Traveled through China and Japan with blah, blah, blah. At age 26, he started working for the Keystone Film Studio, 40 bucks a week. It was a big deal. Um, he never starred or featured, but he was in hundreds of things. Most of the time, he was a Keystone cop, but he played right. different parts, you know. He worked with uh, Charles, uh, Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, I've seen those. And I've seen the shorts, too. Have you ever seen his stuff? No, not really. He's right? funny. Yeah, you know, he's funny. He has a kind of a self-contained, like, response. It's, he is another boy. Like, he has that kind of wistful smile, but uh, he's kind of pleased with himself sometimes, like, to the camera. It's funny. Yeah, uh, it's funny. You know, is, good... this, is this, you know, really dangerous? Well, I don't know why the policeman can't look up. So sometimes they do the thing where you cut half the film, you cover it, and then so it doesn't get exposed. But look, it dips into the background. Is it a right. movie running in the background on a big screen? And they then rear projected. They did that in that uh, Laurel and Hardy movie, Stan and Ollie, that I was telling you about. Mm -hmm. I should mention, I forgot to even mention, Harry Langdon was in this, uh, was uh, Stan's replacement. Oh, that's right. For yeah. uh, It kind of was the other way around. The like, other way around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was in the movie, and they had an actor play him. And that's where I first really saw who Harry Langdon was. But, uh, you know, yeah, so there's one film where uh, it's, uh, I guess, the big guy and then him. And then he's, he wrote, like, a bunch of their movies with him towards the end of his career. But yeah, anyway, yeah, I forgot did to mention that. With the rope? I, I've seen this, but I missed that movie. Yeah, that's he did. the daughter and the father, and we're just getting the pressure. Okay, so up, oh, it's the telephone. He's out. He's hung on a wire right now. <laughs> so, Did uh, you know you're on top of a piano? I know, but if you hum a few bars. Very good. Um, at 27, he began directing one reel. Uh, at 28, he was up to two reels, which means he needed to be sustain his humor, and he could. Um, and then it lists a bunch of films you've never heard before, but they're always fatties, fatty and... <laughs> Fatty's Reckless Fling, Fatty at the Beach. Right. That's what I've seen. I've seen, like, you know, Fatty orders a sandwich or, right. you know, Fatty. They did this uh, one about the World's Fair in San Francisco, so they really went to the World's Fair. Keystone made them do it because it would be, like, you know, real cheap. It would look like they were. Yeah, they get a crowd, built a crowd there. Yeah. So this Keystone, like, he. Fatty Arbuckle always thought in his heart that Keystone doesn't think I'm funny. He doesn't think I'm funny. What do I got to do? <laughs> but at age 30, he made a deal with the devil. At age 30, he formed a partnership with Joseph M. Shank, the guy who took Fatty Arbuckle. Uh, took yeah, up oh, Shanick. Yeah, Shanick. Shanick, that, that schmuck. Um, he was, okay, one of, one of his, the wives was in that Seven Chances. They formed a company called Kamik. And the films that Roscoe made were released through famous uh, on a percentage basis. He was making over a thousand a week. That was a rich guy in his days. Yeah, he had sure. The company, he had complete control, and he hired a guy he met in New York, Buster Keaton. Keaton would film star would 
film career would start with Roscoe's The Butcher Boy, 1917. Um, at age 32, they asked him to move from two reels to full-length features. Uh, and he was successful. He was kicking ass. So at 34, that's when he got accused of, uh, that's when he had to go to trial. That's when he became a newspaper, you know. So anyway, he got, he, he, they said, you're not guilty. And he changed his name to Goodrich because Buster Keaton said he should be, uh, will be good. And, and Arbuckle just changed it to Will Goodrich. I don't know. He 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 was a comedy director for Al St. John, Buster Keaton, and others with this pseudo name. And so in 32, he was going to be an actor again at age 45 in 1932. He was going to appear in his first comics. He did like uh, six shorts for them. But at the age of 46, he had a heart attack. And that was it. He was going to come back. Oh, that's crazy. Well, what would he do by that point? Well, it was talkies. It was a whole new world. Right. He Well, I guess he... Uh, I'm trying he to think if I've ever seen one of his... six shorts for them, and they were like, okay, make movies for us. He was going to do full-length movies. Who right. knows what Fatty Arbuckle would have given him? It's true. I mean, I could see him as a radio personality. You know, the radio shows. The Fatty Arbuckle show. Yeah. Now, this is good and everything because it's like, I don't know how dangerous it is what he's doing right now. I mean, nobody's driving the car. I know. Yeah, a lot of these stunts are uh, pretty impressive for a guy like when he was moving the piano around the house. Look how high he was up on the chair. Now, look, this guy's got no home. They're just driving to drive. So he's like, why stop here, you, you dummies? Well, of course. Hey uh, there. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, choo, 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 choo. Will you be quiet, train? I'm looking for the driver. Did he? Was a driver under the hood? Did he find the driver under the hood? No, no. He did now, look. Did he check under the hood? General, but don't worry. Yeah. He's safe. He's safe. Oh, Carl, this is. I can't watch. It's so he bad. The quality. Can, not he He'll be fine. I can't watch. Whoa. It's the quality. I, I'm sure he's fine. What luck! Oh, phew. Wah, 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 wah. Here comes the punchline. Shazam! Whoa! How dangerous is that? Damn they you, Batman. Ball, one take. Yeah, that's crazy. Perfect timing, too. They had to wait for the train to come. Now what's he going to do? He doesn't what have train will live. allow that? He doesn't... Well, no train will allow it. I mean, it's against the law. As a matter of fact, he could sue them. No, but I'm saying for the movie production, they're like, hey, do you mind back in 1926? <laughs> it, it wasn't that common for uh, right, right. trains to run through uh, cars for movies. They didn't hire the train. They just knew the train was coming, and they probably gave a heads up. It was so the guy is like, don't fucking sue us. Here's a check for a 30 grand. Wow. Yeah, don't consult the lawyer. Just give the check. And don't worry, it won't bounce. <laughs> Here's my check. It won't bounce. Well, Don't back worry. in that day, what he's going to do is he's not going to the bank. He's going to go to this store and say, I endorse to you this check. And that, that was how it worked back then, you know? So the he will get $30,000 worth of furniture. 
Wait a minute. 20,000, 20,000. So at least he buys the furniture, right? So mm-hmm. the store, the store just cashes a check, but it's worth it for them because they, yeah, there he goes. With Fatty's direction. Get everyone in there. Hire me some men. I have the money. I've got 20 grand. Think of the typewriter song while they do this. <laughs> now watch who comes through the door. Ding dong. Oh, oh hello. Oh, heiress to a fortune. Mm. Oh, but where's his piano? I missed that thing. Yeah, that thing's dead. Um, he was funny playing uh, solitaire in the bathtub. Yeah, that was funny. Floating. Yeah. I, I'm going to try that. I'm a very impressionable young kid. Hey, <laughs> hey it worked out. Ta-da. Educational film exchange where laughter is. What was it? They had a weird okay, motto, too. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have just watched two movies that are now in the public domain. Yeah. Uh, Fool's Luck. Uh, lucky Fool that he was able to <laughs> make it in time. And, of course, uh, Harry Langdon. Fools, you're in luck. You're in luck. Uh, and of course, we started off with Harry Langdon. I gotta stop to keep playing. It was ho ho ho, right? It was tramp, tramp, tramp. Oh, tramp, tramp, tramp. Okay. Can I tell you something funny? Is that I, uh, I did look on IMDb. There was a short called Tramp, 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 where a guy lets homeless people into his house. Oh, in the forties. But I'm like, it's a pun on that Civil War song. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. We we will be back next week. We will have a movie lined up for you. Uh, we'll let you you'll you'll find out. Check it. How how can I find out about our movie? Check. Be join us on Facebook. Yeah. Sign up for Let's Watch a Full Night Movie on YouTube. I'll post the uh, the the information, the graphic. Yeah, and then also check us out on L W A F L M O Y T on YouTube. Carl has been posting them uh, every week. Uh, our episodes synced up with the movies. You can watch the visual and listen to it without doing it yourself. That's on L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T YouTube channel. Oh, as always, we love Muni Radio. Thank you so much for letting us host. Thank you, audience, for joining us. Carl, great job, huh? Thank what you. What you think of me as a researcher? I thought you, you were right? great. I thought you were terrific. You knew the whole backstory about his ascendancy, just like they did with Arbuckle. Right. But he's a guy that I, I'm not familiar with, and now I, I want to. So for me, this was just an initial maiden voyage. Yeah, so I didn't, I kind of book, yeah. So I, I definitely look him up if you're bored and you have one of those uh, search engines on your little. Harry <laughs> uh, Langdon. Yeah, Harry Langdon. You'll, you'll have to see tons of crap he does. They're all on Tubi, the streaming service. So we'll be back next week with a new movie. So please uh, keep subscribe. Stay in tune. Tell your friends. iTunes, all that smashing. Like, uh, Carl, thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. Bye. All right. See we'll you back. Bye. Bye. See you, audience. And who wants to listen? I don't even know what we're talking about. Watch the movie with us.
Dog out.
ready here to give it to you. That's right. That's right. Let me introduce you really quick to a friend of mine named Robin Morehouse. How you doing? He's the euphemism stretcher. If you know what I mean. That's right, folks. These guys have been coming to gatherings for years. I'm like, you know what? Hey, it's all right. They're ready to rock it all night long, if you know what I mean. That's right, folks. Step right up. That's right. That's enough for everybody. That's right. We can keep it coming all night long. Dissipation. We be like solar reflection. Foreshadowing insight. As we're in this dark place, you can see there is still this glowing red light. Yeah, I'm tired of weed with names. <laughs> <laughs> Emerging from cocoons, clarifying we've seen intrinsic webs and wombs of projection. Well, well, well. 
Transit emitters intersecting, revealing bodies like relevant perpetual rhythms pulsating through time, vibratory oscillation permeating skin while down the crowns that pivot the days that sweet tendency come back to root the life and drop it down to the spine. Theological faults and computer personifying we exist, collecting fajing consciousness. This is the past in a sudden.
Love you, loving oven. Woo! Oh, yeah, loving you, man. Loving the oven. Someone has it warming up for me. How many of y'all dyslexic? Yeah! So, for the first time in your life, you have the advantage. See, my family used to make fun of me for being dyslexic, and I realized some point along the way, I could just not translate for y'all, and you'd think it was funny. To that end, I'm going to tell you a story you already know, and you're going to laugh at it. So here it is. Hansa on a pine. There were Peter and Liggs. And all these Piddleggs, real good friends on account of they'd been Piddleggless together. Well, they were. Well, the first of these Piddleggs decided he was going to heal them a bouse. He'd been reading in this magazine about Breen Grilden. So he built him a hall strauss. He was a rockin' down the road done way, and he seen a dragon wyver hauling a strode along. And he hollers out, dragon wyver, dragon wyver, tell me that strode along. I got to heal the bouse. And he did. He took that strode along, and he built him a hall strauss. <laughs> and when it was done, he was pride him out of it. Well, that peckin' city league, he wasn't about to be outdone. He was a rockin' down the road done way, and he seen a dragon wyver hauling a stowed licks. <laughs> he did. Dragon wyver, dragon wyver, he hollered. Sell me that stowed licks. I'm on a hill about. And he did. He built him a Hickstouse. Not a Hallstrauss, but a Hickstouse. And when it was done, he was pratty him out of it. Well, the third fiddle league, he believed in building for the long term. So he got him a Broda licks, and he built him a Hickbrouse. Not a Hallstrauss, not a Hickstouse, but a Hickbrouse. He did. Built it long and low. Thing was sturdy. Looked like it had hervived a hurricane. <laughs> Which is going to be important just a little bit down the road. That's what we toy stylers call a prick sneezy. <laughs> well, the first fiddle league, he wasn't sitting on his front porch once, done way. He was. Went a roaming up the code. <laughs> and he handed to the house right quick and in a hurry. <coughs> and the wig bad bull docks on the door. 
Let me in, let me in. Not by the chair of my hitty hint hint. I'll huff and I'll huff and I'll hoe your blouse down. <laughs> and he did. He puffed and he huffed and he hoed that blouse down. That horse grouse was no match for the wig bad bull. Well, the first fiddle league ran over to the second fiddle league's house right quick and in a hurry. He did. And the wig bad bull, well, he followed after. Hanged on the bore of the hick stout. Not by the chair, our hitty hit hen. And I'll puff and I'll huff and I'll hoe your blouse down. And he did. He puffed and he huffed and he hoed that blouse down. And the first fiddle league and the second fiddle league ran over to the third fiddle league's house. Say that three times fast. I just did. That's once is all you get. That's hard enough. And the wig bad bull followed after. Danged on the bore of that hick grouse. <laughs> Not by the chair, our hitty hint hen. I'll up and I'll hoe your blouse down. <laughs> Just try it. And he did. He puffed and he huffed and he huffed and he puffed till he was blue in the face, but that hick grouse didn't go nowhere. That hick grouse was too strong for the wig bad bull. Well, he caught his breath. Fetched a gatter out of the garage. <laughs> and then he rhymed up on the flute. Then he set to chiming down the chimney, fed hearse. <laughs> but he hit a sparrow knot and he shot guck. <laughs> he did. That poor big red bull. <laughs> well, those pit legs just realized what had happened. They started to fire. Wait, that one came out forward. I told you I was dyslexic. They parted his tire. <laughs> they did, they parted his tire right there in the fireplace. And for dinner that night, they had roast wolf. He then. Wait, wait, wait. There are two storals to this Mori, as far as I know. Wumber none. Don't overlook a potential food source just because it's Chinese too. And Tumber new. If you think you're a part smirker, don't go chime and fed her Santa Clemney. Yes, that's a bad example.
Music's great. Let me just see if I can't find him. Have your paradigm shifted from its paper clutch shifted to do I can walk the paper. Love you guys.
the poem for every person who has held their breath for a period of days, weeks, years, coming up finally as if from underwater to <gasps> holding on to anything solid, don't let me go back down again. Do it away, body, but do it away. Do it away, body, but do it away. Do it together by mostly duct tape and hope with endless miles left to go but that's life and it gets better so far there's no time machine made for changing yesterday so all of that is going to have to be past and the future hurts to give birth to you have to push and push and breathe that's growing it's slow it's enlightenment by rubbing sticks together in the cold of a moment where numbness is false comfort that leads to the kind of sleep you don't wake up from. Keep moving, push, breathe. The best thing anyone ever did for me was believe. So I'll keep holding this lantern, letting you think it's the end of the tunnel's life, even though there's no end in sight. It's a long road. But we will grow to like it, love it, and the suffering.
Black leaves falling from the tree. One at a time.
cleaning up here on the other side. My name is Feathered Mouse Wings Tenali, producer of Muddy Boots. This has been a journey into my 15 plus year collection of music from the rainbow. Field recordings I've made mostly in the US, but also Mexico, Panama, and New Zealand. You can download the recordings at musicfromtherainbow.org and also an archive of this show at moneybootsradio.org. In the second set, we heard lots of trail sounds and what have you. Musically, this hour, we bliss ninnied, or I mean, started with Eleanor. I don't want to sit in this house anymore. Then we heard Clint with Lulu's Back in Town. Then we heard Joy with Hot Potato. Flint and Ellison with the springtime leaves once smiled and giggled, but now as the days are longer and the sun shines brighter, they cackle and holler with joy. That's a mouthful. Then we heard MJ and G-Funk with Love is Divine. Then we heard Chris with Story, titled Three Piddle Legs. Then we heard Anala with Fisherman Work Song. Then we heard P.O. Dank with Old Sparky. Jerusalem Camp with Tue Tue. And we finished up with Aloha Camp. We were born to love you. Okay, brothers and sisters, see you in five minutes. We love you.
Greetings and welcome to The Other Side. My name is Warrior Blue Tarp Tenali, producer of Muddy Boots. And for this show, I am airing part one of Totally High Holy Rainbow Colored Spirit Hawk of Awakened Manifestation, featuring 15 years of field recordings I've made at rainbow gatherings around the world. If you're unfamiliar, in a nutshell, rainbow gatherings are a temporary non-commercial event, a place to come, camp, Share and pray for world peace. They're held in a remote environment in faraway places such as a national forest or in some countries on private land. In turn, and in regards to recording, everyone there is at the mercy of the elements. It can be an extremely difficult recording situation. Yet, spontaneous, which for me makes it incredibly motivating try my hand at such an endeavor. In these recordings, you are liable to hear sneezes, crickets, campfire crackles, laughter, and so on. Actually, at times I find the backdrop sounds to be as interesting as the foreground. Every now and then, a whimpering child or a faraway hoot weaves perfectly with their lyrical content in synchronous wonderment, spellbinding even. While some of the recordings, dozens singing along kumbaya-ishly around the campfire, may come off as a wee bit twee. I would argue many do stand the test of time, though, mostly because they are raw, passionate, with unhindered emotion. And odd to think in today's world, shared without any financial pursuit or gain. And because it being a non-commercial event, put on by the public and for the public, sometimes... Yes, sometimes, magic can happen. And some of what you'll hear in this show may impart such a feeling. So, one of the primary focuses of a gathering, and at the root of why the first gathering occurred in 1972, is the prayer for world peace on July 4th, which commences with a morning of silence in a designated meadow where thousands gather in a circle to hold hands and begin to ohm for several riveting moments before a children's parade ends the silence and the masses burst out in merriment. Imperfections and all, there's really nothing quite like it. And yeah, it's probably naive, I know. Especially in today's confusing, 
information overloaded, and sometimes seemingly apathetic-minded world. Nonetheless, methinks, we must keep the dream alive. Like Oscar Wilde once said, a map of the world that does not include utopia is not worth even glancing at, for it leaves out the one country at which humanity is, always landing. And when humanity lands there, it looks out and, seeing a better country, sets sail. Progress is the realization of utopias. Casting a wide net, finding the common thread, letting life flourish, saying, don't panic, just keep it organic. Is that everybody about it? song or no? Who's in the band then? Oh, sorry. I'm heading back out to nature's to baptize myself in the river of life and I set my soul free to soar with the eagles and I build me a campfire to light up the night <laughs> and there's whispering thunder in the sky that I'm under it cuts through my mind like sight for the blind the world that I want too hard to look for when the world that I need is so easy to find. I lay myself down under blankets of sky. The flicker of the firelight will dance in my eyes. I drift off to sleep like a babe in the woods, praying my evils don't outweigh my good. Myself in the river of life. 
I set my soul free to soar with the eagles And I built me a campfire to light up the night I was hearing a lot about love stuff and uh, was just thinking of love as breath.
In the dark, dark, dark. Is it dark, 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 dark? <laughs> I'm going to read you a poem called Touching Your Heart. I want to kiss you. But before I do, I thought you should know your beauty intimidated my ego below ground zero. Your presence twisted my tongue, rendering this poet speechless. As we were about to part, I wanted to touch your lips to mine. Four lips plus two tongues to equal the sum of one. So I tell you this before we kiss. The first time we held hands, I stumbled over a time warp in the pitter-patter of a junior high heartbeat of not knowing what to do. And knowing the top of the world was in the moment. If your eyes were two suns, I would defy my mother and stare into them until I went blind. If your large pupils were disco balls, I would Step back into the 80s and pump up the volume, pump up the volume, pump up the volume. Dance, dance, dance. Skating around your rink, trying to catch the fractions of light you have shed upon me. Miles were watercolors. I would let you bleed your hues into my coloring book and not worry about going outside the line. Your lips were oil paints, I would want you to lay them thick on my body's canvas for the taste of texture. And if the lower side of your neck were the forbidden fruit, <laughs> it would have to be a bulbous mango because that's the one thing I can't resist suckling and sinking my teeth into. And if I had the time to be a father, I would have the patience of father time to wait for our first kiss, but shit. I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> because your kiss would be the masterpiece. And if I were God, for one day to create anything I wanted in you, I would take your stories of tragedy, guilt, hurt, shame, and sorrow, along with every moment of love, peace, laughter, and serenity, only to let you go through them all again. You are Mother Earth. I'm a pickaxe. I dig you for who you are. I, playing God, would leave you as is. Everything you've done is who you are. I am too imperfect to paint a picture like that. And know that I've dreamed of you when I was troubled. My mouth could open curtains behind my ribcage so you could see me raw. But my words swallowed my tongue. I choked on my own thoughts, which found their way through a pen. Answer me this. If your heart were a touchy top, how many poems would it take to get to the center? <laughs> want to touch it. Yes. Sometimes in our lives, we all get hard, we all get bored. 
been electrified, plugged in, turned on, I'm alive. Every pulse, every beat, every step is powered by my insides. I can't stop living, I can't stop thinking, I'm alive. Touch me and feel the shock, that's 10,000 volts of pure living electricity flowing through me. From me to you, you're alive too, can't you feel it? 